Okay, welcome back to another episode. Welcome back, welcome back. It's been a while. I had a busy week. I've had a busy week. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. This is episode 116, 116. Um, you already know what we're going to get in today. It's NFL heavy, but we got some new, we got some new material from the NBA. Um, and what, what should we expect? Um, we have owners and executives saying we should just cancel the league. We have players pushing back. We know Adam Silver wants the season to continue. So we got to see what happens. We got to see how this thing plays out. I got some NFL stuff for us to talk about. We're going to do some over and unders uh, for these. For the, we're going to do some over and unders for um, some of these teams. Uh, I'm going to do it slowly. I think I'm, I'm going to do three teams today. Uh, they're all out of the AFC. I'm going to do over and unders. We have that. I can't wait to get into it. Let's go. Let's get it. Uh, I see you guys after the quick break. I got some fun, I got some things to talk about. In the segment you're about to hear, I said that there are only four number one overall draft picks that have gone to the Hall of Fame. Correction, that was, I meant to say 14. There was 14, there's only 14 number one overall draft picks that are in the Hall of Fame currently. Um, And there's 17 undrafted free agents that have made the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So, uh, so before we I even get into today's episode, I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about. I had an so I recently did, I recently did an interview uh, with ABC Seven News. Uh, I, I will leave the link in the description for from wherever you whatever you wherever you download this podcast from whatever you do however you listen to this podcast. I will leave a link in the description. To talk about, um, to you know, referring you to my interview with ABC Seven, uh, Channel Seven that I recently did yesterday. That's why I did not do a. That's why I didn't upload. Uh, that's why I haven't uploaded. I've been busy. So the link is going to be in the description. Um, we're gonna. You can you can hit me up if you want to talk about that and some more um, details about that. Uh, it was really good. It was a great experience. Um, I would, I would like to thank everybody, even the, even the listeners, because now I was able to shout out my podcast. 
Um, and put to the, you know, hot because this podcast asked me about four, there's about 4,000 listeners every episode. For those people that's been listening, continue to listen, but then also spread the word. And I'm, I'm sure that our numbers are growing. Our, our, our numbers are certainly growing. So just spread, <clears throat> just spread the message, but I will leave the link in the description. Um, and I, I, I brought up a question or a suggestion towards the mayor. The mayor liked it. People liked it around the city. It, it created a lot of buzz. Um, producers from ABC wanted to, ha- from ABC Channel 7 wanted to talk to me, interview me. They came to my household and all. So I'll leave that a link in the description for you guys. Uh, now, this is why I love the NFL. This is exactly why I love the NFL, and this is what makes the NFL so uniquely different from the other sports such as, uh, or the other leagues such as the NBA, MLB, NHL, all those good leagues. Um, this, is what makes it so, this is what makes it so different. I'm going to talk about the number one pick because last week I did not, I, I talked about Joe Burrow, but I feel like I didn't talk about Joe Burrow a lot last week with him being the number one pick. I didn't talk about him a lot. Because we've been talking about Joe Burrow for the last two months. So you guys already know how I feel. And we already knew he was going to be the number one pick. He was, he was, we already knew that. And every mock draft literally had him going number one to Cincinnati. And it's so funny because in the NBA, when you have number one pick, you're excited. Because you're most likely, you're most likely going to draft the best player in the, in the NBA draft. If you have number one pick, if you do your homework, you most likely will probably draft the best player in that draft. He's probably he's oh, he's gonna be one of the best players in that draft. Um, in the MLB, the, the number one pick usually the the pick that you make is usually a great pick. Now, in the NFL, I found some interesting stats, and it's a reason why you have the number one pick in the NFL. It's a reason why because. You have no one pick in the NFL because you were the worst team record-wise in the NFL. Um, a team in the NBA, that's not how it works. There's a lottery, and you could be a team that was ninth place, close to making it to the playoffs, and end up with the number one pick. And you have a good, solid foundation. You just weren't good enough to get to the postseason. Well, in the NFL draft, that's not the story. Usually, when you have the number one pick in the NFL draft, usually you're not good at quarterback or your defense stinks, or coaching is a problem. And I tell you, this is a coach's league. Coaches win games in this league. Um, but let's 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 just take a let's just take a look at the last number one picks. The last few, the last like fifteen number one picks, and let's see how they have ranked out and turned out to be. Because usually in the NFL, when you draft the number one pick, and when you have the number one pick. You usually think of it as a guy that's going to change your fortunes as a franchise. This is the guy that's going to change your fortunes as a, as a franchise. Um, you're going to you're going to go automatically from a uh, a, a poor, um, bad, uh, ran ran organization to a rich and winning organization. And you know, so you think you're going to be competitive. That is the, that is the initial mantra when you're drafting. A first, uh, a quarterback initially, or your number one pick. Whoever you draft with your number one pick, you think they're going to change your franchise. Even if it's on defense or offense, you think they're going to change your franchise. Especially, especially a quarterback. If you draft number one, if you draft a quarterback with your number one pick, 
you're thinking he's gonna change. The, he's gonna change the whole ballpark. He's gonna change the whole. He's gonna change our our organization. All over. He's gonna change the city. That's what you're thinking. But don't you know? Only four players. Only four number one picks are Hall of Famers. Only four. Only four number one overall draft picks are Hall of Famers. There's seven. There's seventeen undrafted players in the Hall of Fame. So those were guys that were undrafted free agents. And they turned out to be Hall of Famers. And usually number one overall picks usually don't live up to the hype. They usually don't live up to the hype to their pick unless you're like you're John Elway. Unless you're like unless you're an all world talent and you, you just you're able to your talent is able to overcome the dysfunction or the losing uh, history of your franchise that you're joining, because most likely that's what it is, then yeah, you pan out. But usually it doesn't work that way. And I have evidence. I have concrete evidence of this thing, of this same thing with my, with my, with my narrative. So we can start with Tim Couch. We're going to go from 1999. Tim Couch. Tim Couch was a bust. Got, got drafted by the Browns. Tim Couch turned out to be a bust. Courtney Brown, a DN from the Browns. They had the dead number one pick the following year. Bust. David Carr, 2002, by way of the Houston Texans, got drafted from Fresno State. David Carr, he turned out to be a bust. And then the infamous Jamarcus Russell. Drafted by Oakland with the number one overall pick. He's probably the biggest bust in NFL history. Everybody was saying Jamarcus Russell was a guaranteed superstar. Bust. Bust. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm not saying if you're a number one pick, if you're you're a number one overall pick, you're not a good player or you're not a great player because there are some great players that have been drafted number one. You have your you have your solid quarterbacks that have been drafted number one or so, let me not say solid quarterbacks but solid players in the in in the last 10, 15 years that have been solid that turned out to be solid players not game changers not guys that's going to change around your that's going to turn around your franchise as a fortune but they have been solid players not really worth them one to pick them you have guys like Jake Long. And Javion Clowney, Mario Williams, Eric Fisher. Solid players in the league, or while they were playing. Solid players, but look at a guy like Javion Clowney. Clowney was so talked about coming out of South Carolina. He had the highlight real plays. Like, Houston, Houston drafted Clowney. They already had, at the, at the time, they, they had the best probably one of the probably the best defensive linemen in football in JJ Watt and Clowney was so talked about and Clowney people thought Clowney was going to be so gifted and so talented that they that Houston took Clowney Clowney tra- first of all Houston traded Clowney Clowney has never had a double digit sack season yeah he's more of a run stopper and now Clowney's on free agency and he had to bring down his asking price Clowney had to um, he, Clowney had to bring down his asking price 
He was asked about $20 million a year. Not worth it. Clowney's not worth $20 million a year. And that's no, that's no shot to Clowney because there's, there's, there's a lot of good defensive players in football that are not worth $20 million. There's a lot of great defensive players in football that's not worth $20 million. Clowney realized shortly that he was not worth that. He was not worth that, and now he's bringing down his price, and his value has dipped tremendously throughout, throughout free agency. And then you have your franchise quarterbacks, uh, Andrew Luck, Matthew Stafford, Cam Newton. Those guys had the talent to be franchise quarterbacks, but um, let's, let's, let's decipher and let's see what happened down their career. Uh, Matthew Stafford got drafted to the hellhole as known as the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just, uh, just say Matthew Stafford has just been take, he's been ruined, but it has not helped Matthew Stafford's career that he's played in Detroit. But Matthew Stafford has underperformed. He was the number one high school player coming out. He was the number one player coming out of high school. He was the number one player coming out of college, and he was the number one draft pick. Um, you know, he's number one draft pick. Took him in 2009. Hasn't worked out. He's never won a division. He's gotten to the playoffs once, and we're 11 years in. That's what you got from Matt Ryan. Now, with Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck's story is a little bit different. I thought, now, I think Andrew Luck, if he was still playing, he would still be a top 10 quarterback. Um, Andrew Luck, I think he would still be a top 10 quarterback. He took, now, his first year, realize this, his first year, he took a 1-15 Indianapolis Colts team, their previous year, to a... 11-5 Eleven and five team won a playoff game, and and back to back, back back to back to back years, he got to the playoffs and won a playoff game every year, and got to the and, and got as far as the AFC Championship game one year, um, which he which they had no business being in that game with New England, but Andrew Luck took them there. So Andrew Luck he retired early due to um, injuries, a lot of injuries because. Indianapolis for some time was unable, was not able to put the supporting pieces such as an offensive line, such as a productive running back around Andrew Luck. So that's what led to him retiring. Dysfunctional. Dysfunctional Indianapolis. Now they're a little bit more functional. Now they're a little bit, Indianapolis is a better franchise now, today. If they, if, if they had Luck, they would be a Super Bowl contender today because their defense is much better. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. So they would be much better as a franchise if they had Andrew Luck today. But a couple years back, that was not the case. They didn't have a great O-line. Their defense wasn't good. They, their running backs wasn't as productive as they are right now. And then Cam Newton. You guys already know how I feel about Cam Newton. Cam Newton, a great talent. Everybody loved to come out of Auburn. He won the Heisman. He won the national championship. He beat Alabama. But, uh Pros, uh, he's a great talent, average, average quarterback. Great talent, average quarterback. He had a one great year, MVP season, and then if you t- if you exclude that one great year, he's average. He's average in in some categories, below average. That's who he is. And then you have like after I named your I named the bus the la- for the last twenty years. I named the bus. And then I named the franchise quarterbacks that had great talent, but either they underachieved, like Cam Newton um, and Matt Ryan. Um, and then there's guys like Andrew Luck, who was 
playing well and was on to a Hall of Fame type career, but injuries uh slowed that down and propelled that that aspect. So I think that so I talked about that in their fr- in the franchise quarterbacks in the bus. Now let's get to the, in the solid players. Now let's get to the guys who were highly scouted and was highly thought of, but they either panned out to be really good or or they panned out to be okay or they just were was not good at all. And those guys include Michael Vick, Carson Palmer, Alex Smith, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Sam Bradford. Michael Vick, I mean, he had an okay career year. He had an okay career. Um, coming out of college, he was highly talked about. And he was so dynamic in Virginia Tech. And he had some dynamic years in Atlanta. But he never really turned out to be the guy that Atlanta drafted with the number one pick. Alex Smith, he's a, he, he, he's a, Alex Smith is a game manager. He's not a bad quarterback. But with Alex Smith, you need to be able to put, uh, you need to put, you need to be put up, you need to be able to put some great talent around Alex Smith for him to be productive. So he's not one of those guys that's going to that's gonna carry the franchise on his back. Carson Palmer, he went to Cincinnati. That says it all. He went to Cincinnati. Jared Goff, um, he's now the biggest cap hit in the league. And some people think he may, he just may have peaked. And then Jameis Winston, he's a career backup now. Jameis Winston is probably going to be a career backup, and Sam Bradford just couldn't stay healthy. Every time he turned around, he was inked. he was banged up. So my point is, with this number one overall draft pick in the NFL, it's it, there's a misconception when we're talking about the number one number one overall draft pick. There's a misconception. Like I said, I'm not saying these draft picks are not good. I'm not saying Michael Vick wasn't talented. I'm not saying Matthew Stafford wasn't talented. I'm not saying Cam Newton wasn't talented. But due to their draft spot being the number one overall pick, quote-unquote, due to their draft spot and the way how they were highly talked about coming into the pros, they've underachieved. They've underachieved. And then the last guy who I think is a Hall of Famer, um, but some don't think he's a Hall of Famer, is Eli Manning. Eli Manning was um we I did not talk about Eli Manning. Eli Manning was the number one pick, and he um he won a couple Super Bowls. But some people don't think he's a he don't some people don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback or Hall of Fame level quarterback. I think he is. Um, I think he's gonna make the Hall of Fame one day. But it goes to show you. In the last 20, I went back all the way to 1999 before Peyton Manning was drafted, all the way to 2016. So that's 17 years, that's 17 players that have been number one draft picks, and I have, there's only one Hall of Fame level quarterback. There's only one Hall of Fame level player. One, one fame level player in the last 17 number one draft picks. It, it, I mean, it goes to show you, it, it goes to show you. And some of these guys, their, their careers are early. 
Like a guy like Clowney, he's he's still relatively young, but it goes to show you. Number one picks, there's a misconception about it. And when you go to a dysfunctional franchise, a bad franchise, especially the quarterbacks, especially the quarterbacks. Just, I mean, just think about the quarterbacks: Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, uh, Wentz, Jameis Winston, uh, Matthew Stafford, Alex Smith, P- Carson Palmer, Derek Carr. When you go to these bad franchises, it doesn't help. And that is often the misconception about the number one overall pick. And that is why I I I hope Joe Burrow. I'm not. I, I hope Joe Burrow is good. I hope he's. I think. I hope he's worth every bit of everything that the Cincinnati Bengals wanted him to be worth. I hope he's worth all of that. But there's a mis. There's easily this. This is a misconception about the number one draft pick, the number one overall draft pick, and Joe Burrow. I wish him the best of luck because. At LSU, he had the best roster with with some of the best coaches, but now he's going to Cincinnati with a coach and and Zach Taylor. I don't know who he is. I don't know if I don't know if he can coach or not. And then he's going from the absolute best supporting cast to the worst supporting cast in Cincinnati, and by far the worst team in that division. I wish him luck. I'll be back with I, I I'm I'll be back more after this quick segment after this quick break. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA, G League, and college basketball and the future of college, of, of college basketball. Another, uh, this so this will make the third five-star player that has de- decommitted from a college and has chosen the G League and their money over the college education and the great uh, the great college setting that uh, that people are just known and used to. And I know some there's been some pushback from 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 the NCAA and you know their willingness. Not to pay players, um, and you know, I know some people are gonna overreact and say, "Oh, is college basketball is college basketball doomed?" No, I don't. Now, even though they have lost three pretty high, highly recruited guys, they have lost three highly recruited guys. That 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 that, that hurts. But with the NCAA, it's always been about March Madness. It's all it's always been about your bracket. It's always been about that. We we live as 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 sports fans. We live for March Madness. We we live for March Madness. So it's never been about it's not it's never been about the regular season. It's always been about March Madness and the brackets. That's all. That's usually always that's always been the point. That's always been the thing that grabs the fans' attention is March Madness. So I don't think college basketball is doomed. I don't think it's in trouble, but I do think college basketball has to adapt. In certain sports, and sports just changes over the years. 
Over the years, sports, sports change. Sports change. In the play style, how it's how it's viewed, the presentation, it changes. It changes. Boxing. Boxing is a sport that has changed. Boxing was a, a boxing was really renowned around this country. Now that we have UFC, we have we 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 got USC. We have so many different forms of martial arts and boxing. Boxing itself is not the caliber of sport that it once was. Mm, let's say 25, 30 years ago, just is not. It, it just it's just not. That's why that, that that's why you know I, I had the same point about boxing a couple weeks ago and the MLB. The MLB in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties, people love the MLB. People love it. Now, the kids don't play it. The kids don't play baseball. The kids don't. The kids don't. The kids don't want to be MLB superstars. They want to be NBA superstars. They want to see. They want to be seen in all the commercials. They want to be seen in all uh, all of the all of the in, the in the sneakers. They want you to wear your sneakers. The kids don't want to be MLB superstars no more. They they want to be NBA basketball players and sports. Certain sports just take a change of direction. It just takes a change of direction. And you see, you see now the ML. You see now that the NCAA they came out with the rule yesterday and they said, hey, we're now we're now gonna allow players to we're allowing players to be compensated. Now now you pick a, this is the most opportune time to now allow players to be compensated after now realizing that now seeing that the G League is actual threat because now the NBA similar to baseball with their minor league system it's you know baseball has a minor league system double AA, A triple A the NBA has developed its own quote unquote minor league system they have dumped it was the G, it was the D League remember it was the D League a couple a couple years ago the NBA has invested a lot of money. More and more teams started joining it. Then it seems like just about every team has a G League affiliation. And now, a D League affiliation then, but now it's called the G League. It's gotten money. It's gotten endorsements. And now they're paying players half a million dollars, which is not bad. It's just not bad. I, think, I don't think the coaching is as good. Um, I don't think the coaching, I don't think you would get the same coaching as you would get at a Duke or uh, or a Kentucky with uh, Coach K and Kyle Perry, but um, it's it, you make you make money. You 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 play against professionals. You 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 you're already under the NBA, quote unquote. I think this is I think this is perfect for for the for the NBA and the G League. But with the NCAA now, they're allowing players to be compensated, and what they also have to realize is. And this is my thing with college sports and college athletics, uh, especially with football and basketball, because the football and basketball coaches uh, at, 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 the, at these big time schools, they make millions of dollars on a yearly basis. And NCAA, they, it seems like they value the coaches more than the actual product and players. And in and football, it's the case because you got to recruit uh, football, X and O's. In football, we all acknowledge that the coach is much more. Um, you can have a bunch of talent in football, but not win a lot of games. You got to have the right coach. But in basketball, if you have if you have talented players, if you have talent as a coach in basketball, you may not win a championship. Every, you may not win a championship every year, but you're gonna win. You're gonna win ball games. 
You're gonna you, you're gonna win a good amount of ball games if you have talent in basketball. In football, it's a little bit different. You got it's more coach dependent. You know, there's so many um, there's so many other variables that go into football. But in basketball, it's it's ten guys on the floor. If you have if you if if you have two guys that are just better than the than the other than the other teams five, you're gonna win ball games. You're gonna you're gonna win ball games if you have talent. So I think that you know in basketball. It, it's often it, it, you often forget that the players. If you have talent as a coach, you're gonna win ball games. Not necessarily if you're a good coach in basketball, but you don't have talent, you're not gonna win. You're not you, you or you're, you're only gonna go so far. You're only gonna go so far without talent in basketball. It's it, it's it's just the truth of the matter when you, when you're talking college basketball and uh, professional basketball. If you don't have talent, um, you know you're just not gonna win ball games. You're just not going to win ball games. I don't care how good of an exit old guy you are, how good of a defensive-minded coach you are in basketball. Um, the t- the, and, and especially nowadays with the with the offensive talent and the capabilities of these young kids, if you don't have if you don't have talent, then you're not going to win. So now, um, you, I think you're going to see with the G League. The G League is now going to it's going to have it's going to have somewhat of a fraction. Of the top fifty, or the not even the top fifty, but the top twenty players coming out of high school, a, a, a good portion of them will probably will probably choose the G League over college basketball, which is fine um, with college basketball because it's never been a sport that we cared about the regular season. It's been a bracket sport, and I think um, with this virus going on, you just gotta adapt to certain things. But just in general, with, with just in general, sports change. Every sport changes. It's just it's just what it is. Every sport changes, and it's now time for the NCAA to to change and adapt. And it's done that with this recent rule. But I mean, they should have been. They should have. They should have made this move up. They they like the NCAA. It, it's not the thing. It's not, and it's not necessarily the things what they do. Because, I mean, it's a great rule that they just approved, but that's the problem. they just now approving of this rule with players being compensated. They're just now doing this. They should have did this five, six, ten years ago. They should have did this ten years ago. So um, that's what I feel on the NCAA and um, this latest move and the latest. Another five-star player, the third five-star player, decommitted from UCLA to choose the G League and just about a quarter, but just about a half a million dollars over college basketball. Says a lot. Okay, so we got our latest Aaron Rodgers topic. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers um, for this this last for the past week, and it's due to this Matt Lafleur uh, move with their draft with the with the package draft, and you know from last week. And we reacted on it uh, after round one. I came back on here uh, early this week. I reacted again. And now, um, and I've been pro Aaron Rodgers. Now, usually I'm not pro Aaron Rodgers. Usually, um, uh, like, in terms of, you know, you 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 guys know how I feel about Russell Wilson. And that argument, um, when I made that argument, that for, for the last... Three, four years, Russell Wilson's been a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Simple as that. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the win totals. Go look at the numbers. He's just been a much better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And now, I have I gotten on the Packers and Matt LaFleur and the GM for drafting the quarterback and not looking at the weapons that Aaron Rodgers is surrounded around. And uh just looking at your looking at the whole NFC picture and, and, and at the forefront, 
just looking at it, everybody got better. It seems like everybody got better in the NFC but the Packers, as far as the contenders. Everybody got better. But with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, one could make the argument, those, these past two episodes, I was not making Aaron Rodgers the victim. But Packers fans usually do make Aaron Rodgers the victim. Aaron Rodgers is not the victim. These are we we have we have we have we have sources we have reliable sources head coaches receivers teammates hell his own family. Rogers Aaron Rodgers he's he's definitely he's definitely he's definitely a superstar. You cannot deny that. You cannot deny Aaron Rodgers' talent. You cannot deny his talent. His talent is otherworldly. I I, I often used to say uh, before I often used to say. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback talent-wise ever that this league has seen. I've said that. I, I used to say that often um, until a guy named Patrick Mahomes came along. And Patrick Mahomes, him and him and Aaron Rodgers are very similar. Mahomes, Mahomes doesn't seem as egotistical. And that's what I want to get to with Aaron Rodgers. His egotistical ways, Aaron Rodgers' arrogant ways, I think have gotten the best of him. And this is what this is what it is. Look at this. Aaron Rodgers' greatness is, is, and his talent is him being off script. But these last few years, Aaron Rodgers have led the league in throwaways. He's led the league in throwaways. That's what Mike McCarthy was so upset about. Mike McCarthy was so furious about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron would just say he would just throw the ball away on successful plays. He gives up on successful plays. He gives up on successful on successful receivers and successful throws. Throws that he can make. Throws that he can make, Aaron just throws out of bounds. And, and, and it's it's not good. He, he it seems like he doesn't listen to coaching. He doesn't he doesn't take coaching. And Matt LaFleur is the new guy in town. And Matt LaFleur coming off a 13 and 3 year with his system. He's probably like, hey, we don't, we don't particularly need Aaron Rodgers. Like, bro, we don't need you. And I, I just feel like that's, that's, and I'm telling you, that is the sense that I'm getting from Matt LaFleur and this draft pick. And now with all these stories and all these rumors coming out, that's, that, that's what I get. I mean, you have, we have so much documents. We have so many, so much documentation on Aaron Rodgers in his relationship, his interpersonal relationships, and then his relationships with his teammates. We, 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 you, you, you guys hear how Greg Jennings talk about him and Mike McCarthy and all these other coaches. We're, nobody's picking on Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson had these. Russell Wilson don't have these type of comments made about him. Tom, Tom Brady don't have these type of comments made about him. Drew Brees don't have these type of comments made about him. Dak doesn't have these type of comments made about him. Matt Ryan don't have these type of comments about made about him. So why do why do Packer fans feel so adamant that people are just coming for Aaron Rodgers? No. They're not coming for Aaron Rodgers. They're not coming for Aaron Rodgers. But he's very much he is because especially in the last four years. Now, early early in Aaron Rodgers' career, and people still do, we we, we people used to praise Aaron because Due to his his ability, his escapability, out of the pocket, out of pressure, 
looking for somewhere to go. People would people would rave about that skill, and they raved about his outer pocket, his his outer pocket pocket awareness, and his and his ways to be off script. But now his great talent that people have raved over of for for the last ten years. It's now a headache, and it's a pain, and then you know where. It's a pain, and it's a headache. When you're giving up on successful plays, on successful throws, on successful routes, and not even giving the opportunity to, to, for the play. Not even seizing the opportunity for the play to develop. He gives up on successful plays. Greg Cosell, he talks, he talks about it a lot. He watches a lot of Aaron Rodgers film. He watches and dissect film. And he says, he says it bluntly. Aaron gives up on plays. He gives up on plays. He gives up, he typically gives up on plays. Um I, and it, you know what I'm saying? I, I just don't I just don't think Aaron's gonna finish out his career in Green Bay. I truly don't. He he's probably good for these next for the next year or two, depending on what happens. I mean, because this thing, it's spiraling out of control. Um, it, it, it's, 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 it's really spiral. It's spir- this thing could spiral out of control, and, and it, 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 it's nothing Green Bay would, it's nothing Aaron Rodgers would be able to do about it. I, I don't think, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers finished out his career in Green Bay. I'm sorry. I don't think, I, I think you, the, the Packers or Aaron Rodgers will may need to look at some teams that could use a quarterback, a quarterback that a team that's a quarterback away because Aaron, uh, I, I just don't see how he finished out his career in, in, in Green Bay. I'll be back after the quick break. We're going to talk some NBA, um, and I'm going to talk about LeBron's recent tweet. LeBron's recent tweet and the NBA owners and executives why they're getting some pushback from LeBron, but I tell you why I think the NBA owners and the NBA executives may be white, may be right. I tell you that after the break. Um, give me a break. So, so there was some CNBC came out and said, "Hey, some NBA owners, some NBA executives are sent, are calling off and saying, hey, they want the season off. They want to cancel the season. It's too big of a health threat. Uh, they're weighing the cost benefits. Uh, there's there's going to be no fans. Players have already taken a play cut." And just think of the liability of the workers. Um, reports of the uh, a lot of swirling reports came out from reliable sources uh, because these owners, these executives, they're speaking out. They're, they're speaking out and they're speaking boldly. And LeBron tweets back and says, "Hey, LeBron says, hey, we want to play. Nobody around him in this camp. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but LeBron basically says, hey, nobody. He they want to play. The, the players want to play." Um, and 
teams are energized and ready to ready to take on, ready to finish off the season. And I get it. I I, I totally understand it. I totally understand it. And now, but here goes the thing. Here goes the tough part with the NBA and it it, it coming it coming back. And let, let me incorporate one business uh, that is suffering from this virus. This virus. Uh, it's killing. It's 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 killing a lot of businesses, but some businesses, some companies are in some unique, different situations, and their outcome on this is uh, it, it, it's forcing them to change. It's gonna force them to change. Uh, and this virus, it's not it's not just this one company, but this virus is gonna is gonna force a lot of companies, um, just about almost every business, to change how they approach uh, certain things. And that one business that I'm talking about is Disney. Disney has parks. They have, they have crews. They have, I mean, the, Disney, has, I, Disney, I, Disney has a lot of outlets that are, that are being effective, right, affected to this point, at this moment, right now. I think they're lo- I think I I, re- I was reading the article, but I think Disney is losing thirty million dollars every day on a daily basis. B- Disney is losing millions of dollars. Now, if you don't know, Disney owns ESPN. D- Disney owns ESPN. So Adam Silver wants he wants to continue play. The players the players want to continue play. And Disney is right. Disney is in a is in a tough in a tough position right now due to this virus. Walt Disney is in a is in a massive situation. Uh, as far as the air, as far as like, it, I think Disney might be in the worst situation. As far as if you if you exclude air travel, if you exclude like the if you if you, if you exclude the airport industry, Disney is the next company. That is that I would probably have to say. I've been reading stories. It is it's it's drastically negatively. It's negatively affected Disney because so many so many of their outs of their outlets that I that I mentioned, like their parks, uh, the Disney on Ice, uh, uh, cruise, games, shows, and now you know with ESPN and sports, it's affecting them like hell. It's it, it, it's affecting them like hell, and Disney is in a it's in a really bad spot. So and it's it's, really, it's, a, it's in a really bad spot now. I with the owners, the, so I told you Disney they want money, they need money, they want the, they want games on, they want they want the NBA to come back this year. Adam Silver, he's the commissioner. I've already talked about the NBA's difficulty, difficult times as far as financial times that they have had uh, throughout this season uh, with China. They have had uh, financially, the NBA has had a rough season. And now the players, of course, want to play. But the owners, I think the owners, even though they're on their side, which you have to remember, the owners, Adam Silver, Adam Silver's boss, you know Adam Silver's boss, boss, boss is the owners. The NBA, the NBA owners are Adam Silver's boss. So, you, you like there's a hierarchy. The NBA owners are Adam Silver's boss. So Adam Silver, being the commissioner, of course he wants to play. 
He wants play to resume this year. He doesn't just he just doesn't want to call off the season. He wants play to resume this year. But the NBA owners are like, no, no, it's too big of a health it's too big of a health a health risk. The playoff te- the teams that know they're not making the playoffs, they already lost their local TV deal money. So that's no that's you don't need to so those teams that's not making the playoffs no no longer need to fight for those TV deals because they already lost it. It, 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 it's no point in them trying to fight for it because they already have lost it. So they can't do anything about that. Now, these owners are, they're saying it's a health liability to our workers and staff that work in our arenas. The players have already taken a play, the players taken the, have already taken a pay cut. They have, players have agreed to take a pay cut. Play, players have agreed to take a pay cut and they're thinking about the cost benefits. And you know what? I, I, the NBA owners may very well be right. And as bad as I want NBA playoffs, as bad as I want to have a champion, I, the NBA owners, they, they are the NBA owners and executives. Essentially, they are the ones that, 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 con- that control the situation because Adam Silver, is, it, it, he has to listen to him. He has to listen to him. And that's what I mean. And this is another thing with the NBA. The NBA is it, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a curse and a blessing. It's a blessing and a curse for the NBA. The NBA is driven by it's it's so many outlets: the internet, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. The NBA has all of that on lock. Their players are on it. Their stars are on it. They their, their league is on it. I get it. The 15-second clips, the 20-second clips, the NBA has it. But that is a blessing. But the curse to being on all of these, to being, to being connected to all of these socials is it, the, the curse of that. Like Daryl Morey, for example, Daryl Morey's tweet about China, uh, it went crazy. It went crazy. One tweet. One exact tweet from an executive in the NBA cost the NBA billions of dollars. It cost them. It, it cost them millions of dollars. Just, just one tweet, and that's that. And that's the curse with being connected with all of these socials. Now the NFL not as connected with these socials. The NFL is conservative. The NFL they put their foot down. They say something like the commissioner a couple weeks ago about the NFL draft. The commissioner came out and said, hey, we're still going to have the NFL draft as planned. It's just going to be virtually. Okay. The media pushed back. The NFL didn't care. The NFL didn't care. The NBA, it cares about its perception because it's on social media. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. They're everywhere. So the NBA cares about its perception and how, you know, the consumers think of it. NFL, nah, they're more conservative. They're gonna stick to what they're gonna do. Um, they don't move. They they move dates around. That's why I think the NFL it, it's it, it's a little it's still it's still above the NBA because they stick to what they're doing. They stick to what they're doing. The NBA, the NFL, yeah, the the season might be pushed back, but the NFL is fine with that. If they if they have to start the season if they have to start the season first or second week of October, they're fine with that. Even without fans, they're fine with that. They still get their TV money. If, 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 if there's no college football, the NFL will probably come on on Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays. 
They, 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 no Pro Bowl. Who cares? I don't want the Pro Bowl. Nobody even watches it. It's, a, it's, it's crap. And then I, you st- we still get the playoffs and we get the Super Bowl. Just, it's just later than usual. With the NBA, it's like, oh, you know, they, they care about their perception. They're on Twitter, NBA, they're on Instagram, Snatch. They're everywhere. They care about their perception. Nothing wrong with it, but it, it's a blessing and a curse to being so connected like that. It's a blessing and a curse. It, 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 trust me, it's a blessing and a curse with the NBA being so connected like that because just last year um, to start the season, before, what, before the season started, during preseason basketball, Daryl Morey, Makes one he 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 tweets one thing, one tweet, and it cost it cost the NBA millions and billions of dollars. That's that's the downside of being connected, so connected. That's the downside. Yes, the NBA can reach its consumers not just through the television screen, but also through the phone devices and through the social media device, through the social media apps. But it's a it's a curse. It's a curse, and you gotta wear it. And I think the NBA, the NFL realizes it's a TV show. It's a TV show. It's for entertainment, and they're conservative, and they stick to their big guns. I like the NFL. I like the NBA, but the NFL has them beat in that particular area. I'm telling you, they do. They they truly do. And this goes to my next point about the NBA. Now, this is something that I do that that I do like about the NBA. They're always willing to try new things for the betterment of their league. And I don't, I, and for the, for, I mean, please, please, somebody. I was having this conversation with somebody. But please tell me, please, why don't the MLB follow the same direction as the NBA? The NBA has decided they're going to start their next year, 2021 season, they're going to start their season through December all the way to August. So the NBA season starts December 25th, Christmas Day, and then the end of the season would be May, and then we have the playoffs throughout June and July, and then, the, then August will have the draft and free agency. August will have the draft and free agency. Oh, my God. It, the NBA, the, the, like these sports leagues, it's just like real estate. You got to find where you fit. You got to find where you fit. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta fill in. You gotta, you gotta buy new spaces. You got, you gotta, you gotta be able to buy new spaces, equip new spaces. The NBA, I never understood why it started in October. Why start in October? Why, why, why start in October and end in June? That's a whole two months of basketball that people could be watching, and maybe because um, you know, it also benefits me. It it benefits it, it benefits. Uh, and sports analysts. It, 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 it benefits the sports shows. It, it, it definitely benefits us because there's a gap in between, uh, j- 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 you know, June, July, and August where there's nothing to talk about. But with this new schedule change, the NBA can change that. And that's what I like. They're, the NBA, it's, it, it, it's, it's thinking is progressive. Um, Adam Silver, uh, he, he, he always finds ways and in, in, in methods to uh, a, a, a way to better the league. And MLB doesn't do that. The, the, the MLB doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't do that. And I think that's why it's losing traction. It's losing traction and traction by the year. 
Who cares if the MLB season is is a hundred games? If you give me a good playoffs, if you give me a good NL and D, if you give me a good NL and AL, DS and CS, and then a World Series to top it off, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. So I'm glad that the NBA. That is that, that that sometimes change is for the betterment. Sometimes change is for good. It's for the it's for the good because the NBA, you know, they got to change their schedule around. They're gonna move their schedule around. And this December to August thing, I think it's going to work. I think it works. Um, I think it works. Lastly, we're going to go into our segment. Um, after this quick segment, after this quick break, excuse me, I'm going to I'm going to go into over and unders, over and unders for cert, for for three AFC teams. I have an over and under for three AFC a, AFC teams that I'm going to get into after this quick break. I'm going to be doing this for the next uh, few podcasts. I'm going to break them down team by team um, from different divisions. I'm not doing it by division. I'm just doing it um, by conference. I'm, 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 do, I'm doing three teams today. Uh, I will continue to do this uh, by, the, by the episodes. So be on the lookout for your team. So the three teams that I'm going to do my over and under uh, for is Miami, the Browns and the Houston in the Houston Texans. Um, I I talked about these teams. Uh, I, I talked about these teams a lot this offseason um, and, and and throughout the draft. So let's get into it. Um, my over, so the over and under the spread for Miami is six six and a half. Uh, I think Miami's I think Miami's over. I think Miami wins more than six games this year. Uh, you look at how they finished off the season last year, uh, g- winning five of their last nine. Uh, so definitely Brian Flores created a culture. Uh, that division is going to be much better. Uh, I don't think the Bills would definitely – I don't think the Bills will uh, just run away with the division. I think they're the best team in the division. But I don't think the Bills will run away with the division. So I think the Dolphins, they could possibly – they could possibly be an eight and 8-8 eight, uh, nine and seventeen with their with their upgrades on defense, adding Byron Jones, Van Noy, uh, Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. Uh, their upgrades on defense will be will help them tremendously. Then they have some they have some good running backs, some solid running backs, and Matt Breida, Jordan Howard. Uh, you, you top it off with with their but their improving O line. They were able to draft their quarterback for the future in Tua Tagovailoa without even without even trading for him or trading up to get him, uh, which was a blessing in the sky. But um, I think the Dolphins they play in a they play in a competitive division. But I think the way how they ended off last year, I'm always optimistic about teams finishing off the year strong because they go right into it next year. 
They get in right to it next year. They have a veteran quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. I mean, and Ryan Fitzpatrick that uh, that will probably start for the most part. Um, you probably won't see Tua a lot, but um, I, I'm fine with that. With this roster, I think you can win eight or nine games because they won five of the last nine. So I'm, I'm going over on the uh, on, on on Miami. Next, the Browns. The Browns are at eight and a half. Now, I give the Browns a lot of slack. I give Baker a lot of slack. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. I think the Browns go over. I think the Browns win nine games. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the over on the Browns at eight and a half. I'm going to take the over. I think they are, I think they are a nine-win team uh, in the AFC North. I think that would be good enough to get them to the playoffs. I think that would be good enough to get them to the playoffs. Uh, I will, right now, they're probably my second-best team in the AFC North. I do not know what Ben Roethlisberger looks like, so I can't really judge Pittsburgh. But Cleveland, with the, they fixed their tackle problem. They have a better head coach. Um, and, they, and they added Austin Hooper. Now, Baker, the pressure's on Baker. The pressure's on Baker. Baker has two good, he has two good young tight ends. He has two number one top-tier talented receivers. He has two good running backs. He has a much improved offensive line adding Jerick Wills. There should, be no, there should be no excuse why Baker can't get it done with a new head coach in Kevin Stefanski that I think is going to be, I think he's much more, I think he's better suited for the job than Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, he's bringing his offensive, um, his offensive smarts to Cleveland. I think schematically on offense, on offense, they'd be much better. Their defense really wasn't the problem last year. Their defense was pretty solid, especially their front seven. They added a safety in Grant Delpit. Um, they added a safety in Grant in Grant Delpit in that secondary. So I think they will be fine on defense, but I do worry about OTAs not not happening. OTAs. Didn't happen this year, so that might they might be a little might be a little uh, rusty coming out the gate with Kevin Stefanski in a new system with Baker. But it's pressure on Baker. I think Baker will. Uh, I'm not gonna. Say, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a solid year, not a great year, but he's gonna have a solid year with these weapons, with these pieces that he has on offense. It should be re- this should be no reason why this Browns team cannot win nine games. I, I I'm, I'm gonna take the over. Um, and lastly, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are at seven and a half wins. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I love Deshaun Watson. Not a big fan of Bill O'Brien. Uh, I, I, I've always questioned Bill O'Brien uh, throughout the offseason. Uh, that, that, that Houston team was loud. Uh, it was loud. It was a lot of noise. And usually noise in the offseason does not translate well to the to, to the regular season, it just doesn't. Um, they're playing in a much better and deeper division. Uh, Indianapolis certainly certainly got better, uh, and Tennessee Tennessee got to the AFC Championship game. So we so you know this Texans team they might be asking too much of Deshaun Watson. They didn't they didn't really fix none of their needs. Houston Houston didn't fix none of their needs. Houston. It, Houston had a lot of defensive needs because they were bad in the red zone defensively, but they 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 they, they, didn't, they didn't they didn't do nothing to help they didn't do, they didn't do nothing to help their defense in the draft. 
So seven and a half wins. I'm taking the under for the Houston Texans. I don't think they get seven and a half wins. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Isaiah K Podcast, the IKP. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Keep coming back. Like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, at the beginning of this episode, I will leave the link in the description for my um, interview uh, with ABC Channel 7 uh, so you guys can explore that. Uh, you know, the podcast, like I said, the podcast is steadily, is steadily growing. I love what we're doing on these platforms. Keep clicking. Keep continuing to listening. Uh, continue to listen. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this has, been, this has been good. Sorry, this is a little bit of an off week. But uh, we're going to get back on track for these next few episodes, I promise. Um, And always remember, two choices, one decision. I am out. See y'all.